stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. I suppose it's worth noting, folks, as we delve into the latest on the burgeoning uh, trade war between B.C. and Alberta, that Prime Minister Justin Trudeau is going to be in Alberta this week. In fact, he's going to be in Edmonton for a town hall, which I believe is tomorrow. He's not coming to Calgary, mind you, but he will be in Alberta. Seems like the perfect opportunity for the person who most needs to weigh in on this situation to weigh on in this uh, weigh in on this situation. Uh, So as you just heard a few minutes ago at the tail end of Danielle's show, Premier Rachel Notley overseeing an emergency cabinet meeting today in which the obvious point of conversation is what the B.C. government is trying to do uh, to cause trouble for the Trans Mountain Pipeline project. I don't think they can get away with this, and frankly, I think most people would agree, nor should they get away with this. It's a desperate ploy from a desperate government. Here's what Premier Rachel Notley said just moments ago. I believe, and I know that you do too, that we owe it to Albertans to do everything within our power to defend our jobs and our economic security. And we will not waver in this fight. So it sounds like they're up for a fight. That's what the Premier said to kick off that meeting. Uh, The media was then... um, Well, told to leave. Uh, Cabinet's going to be behind closed doors and discuss what options they have at their disposal. That may include some kind of economic retaliation. Uh, That may include, perhaps more likely to include, some sort of a legal challenge. If this is going to end up in court, let's get to it sooner rather than later. So maybe that involves the Alberta government uh, forcing the B.C. government's hand and uh, taking this to court as soon as possible. She even raised the prospect of electricity and retaliating in that way against British Columbia. So the cabinet is going to discuss those options. Presumably at some point later this afternoon, the premier might have more to say. So I want to talk a bit more about how Albertans are feeling about this and what options we have or whether we need to do anything. If the B.C. government is unable to follow through on this, If they're going well outside their jurisdiction, maybe we don't need to worry too much about it. It's interesting timing coming up a little bit later on here this afternoon at the uh, University of Calgary School of Public Policy. There's an expert panel discussion on the topic of equalization. And I guarantee you that when Albertans hear stories like the one we've heard over the past two days and what BC is trying to do, there is an immediate and a direct link to an increase in frustration with equalization. That Alberta gets to carry the weight of Canada's economy, and yet we're not treated with respect. So there is that frustration, and this is going to make that frustration all the more worse. One of the experts participating in that panel discussion this afternoon joins us on the line here this afternoon to talk more about the equalization issue, but also to get some thoughts on where we're at in this dispute with B.C. and the difficulty in getting pipelines built. Ted Morton, former finance minister, former energy minister here in Alberta. He is an executive fellow at the School of Public Policy at the University of Calgary. Dr. Morton, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program. Yeah, Thanks, Rob. Good to be with you. Um, I want to get your sense on, on kind of where we're at with uh, building pipelines and this latest gambit from BC to try to cause problems for delay the Trans Mountain project. I mean, first of all, your sense. I mean, how serious is this? 
Well, legally, constitutionally, uh, B.C. doesn't have a leg to stand on. This is a federally regulated project. It's been approved, uh, and specifically the transportation safety aspect of it has been specifically approved in the NEB uh, decision uh, on uh, the Kinder Morgan Trans Mountain. So so constitutionally and legally, they're uh, in thin air. But in terms of political theater, uh, it's created a, uh, obviously, uh, created a big uh, media buzz and uh, responses from uh, Premier Notley, and and while in the end, I don't think they, I, I'm 100% confident that legally they can't do this. It's it's one more cloud of doubt, and uh, I, I can just tell you that in the last 24 hours, I've had three phone calls through my uh, sort of modest consulting business I do mainly with American uh, institutional investors, uh, asking what the hell is going on. Yeah. And so that, that's the kind of doubt that they're trying to create, and, and they're trying to um, undermine, if you like, the the market confidence in uh, Kinder Morgan and the Trans Mountain project. All right. Political uncertainty has financial consequences, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. That's very well put. Yeah. Well, I mean, if BC doesn't have a leg to stand on, if this is, um, you know, they're, they're playing games, political games, would it be best for us to ignore them? Does this need to be dealt with in, in court as, as soon as possible? Should we retaliate in some way? Well, I... I what needs to happen is uh, you know, Premier Notley made a, a you know, very, very strong statement yesterday, I think a very good statement. Uh, from Ottawa, the Minister of Energy, Mr. Carr, made a statement. It's not enough to have the Federal Minister of Energy uh, to make a statement. Premier Notley should pick up the phone, call Ottawa, get Prime Minister Trudeau uh, on the phone, and, and we need, uh, the country needs, the country needs a, a very explicit, clear, strong statement from the Prime Minister, that uh, this is important to all of Canada. Uh, right now, uh, they've run the numbers, $20 million a day Canada is losing by selling basically cheap, discounted uh, oil to the United States. So do, you know, do the math, $20 million bucks a day, that's half a billion dollars every month, more than half a billion. So a billion, it, this has been going on for, for at least six months, and it's going to go on at least for another 12 to 18 months. So, uh, again, Premier Notley needs to talk to the Prime Minister, and the Prime Minister has to come out and say, this is a federally approved project, it's important to the, all of Canada, to all Canadians, and we're not going to put up with any monkey business from, from B.C. We're not going to allow B.C. to try to do indirectly what the Constitution prohibits them from doing directly. Right. I'm surprised that he hasn't. I, mean, I, I give him credit for approving this project in the first place, exactly, but his yeah. his uh, his sales job uh, has has been lacking, it seems. He, he can't just send his... You know, no one knows who Minister Energy Carr is. Uh, everybody knows who the Prime Minister is. You know, and it's interesting, the timing of this conversation today about equalization, because, you know, the more stories like this, this, this latest uh, episode with BC, I think the more resentful Albertans become, not necessarily about confederation, but the, uh, the concept of equalization, that, you know, we're still expected to carry the freight here, but uh, no one really seems to care about how Alberta's doing, or, or even to that point, recognizing the extent to which Alberta, you know, carries Canada's economy. So how has that affected the political side of the equalization? debate? Well, there's no question that uh, both the candidates to lead the UCP, uh, um, uh, Jason Kenney uh, and Brian, Gene, uh, made it very clear that they, they plan to challenge uh, 
uh, how the equalization uh, is working. Uh, for this year, at, at this panel that uh, I'm part of today at the School of Public Policy, uh, the figures for for uh, 2018 are out. The equalization payments are going to be uh, approximately $19 billion. Uh, 62% of that, or $12 billion of the $19 billion, will go to Quebec. And, uh, of course, Quebec is the province that strongly opposed Energy East, which Trudeau wants to protect his uh, MPs from Quebec in the next election. So he gets the NEB then to add upstream and downstream emissions to the review of, of, of uh, Energy East. And, you know, and TransCanada Trans finally gives up the changing the rules in the middle of the game and adding all the additional costs and problems. So, uh, you know, that's, that's why we're losing $20 million a day. And uh, I thought Brad Wall put it best about what was about a year ago or six months ago. He said uh, we shouldn't send any equalization payments to Saskatchewan and Alberta East unless they're going through a pipeline. Well, you know, that would be ideal. Uh, but I mean, of course, I mean we we don't make payments per se. Obviously, the federal government pays out equalization. How can it be better for Alberta if Ottawa is paying out? let's say hypothetically last to Quebec and other have-not provinces, it doesn't necessarily mean any more stays in Alberta. No. Uh, we can be clear about that, that it's not a check that the government of Alberta writes and sends to uh, Ottawa. It's, it's collected. Uh, equalization is paid for by government government revenues, uh, federal government revenues collected uh, from individuals. But the fact that it's individual Albertans making the payments and not the government, does that make it better or worse? And I... I don't think it makes it too much better. Um, and in, in the larger scheme of things, the Fraser Institute uh, and the Frontier Center have both done studies that show that basically equalization is just one of the transfer programs. There are a lot of other sort of unofficial transfer programs at work. And uh, if, you, if you put those together, it works out closer to uh, $19 billion a year. Um, and... Uh, I, again, when Alberta is struggling to recover from the uh, recession of the last two years, when we're running, when we're running uh, you know, deficits of, of, of ten billion dollars a year, and looking at a uh, combined cumulative debt now by by the end of the NDP first term of, of sixty or seventy billion dollars, uh, that just doesn't seem right. And I think uh, I think more and more Albertans are sensitive to that, and I think. Uh, Kenny and the UCP are going to try to tap into that, uh, or have tapped into it, in first uniting the two conservative parties, and then they'll probably they will probably use that as a major campaign theme uh, in next year's provincial election. Uh, yeah, I'm sure they will. I mean, the frustration is real; it's palpable. I'm mean, just in terms of what options there are, at least in terms of options that would make a measurable difference in Alberta. I mean, the, the feds could lower taxes. I mean, that would leave more money in Alberta, but that would leave more money in every province too. I think Albertans tend to earn much higher wages on average than the rest of the country, so disproportionately we're going to be carrying more of the load when it comes to, to federal revenues, aren't we? We are. Um, but again, you go back, the, the whole equalization formula is, has a number of premises. Actually, I shouldn't get started on this because the equalization formula has almost become irrelevant. It's been amended so many times that now the, the total volume can no longer go down. Even if the formula says the total dollar amount should go down, it can't because of the changes that were made at the last time. But um, in terms of Alberta being you know wealthier province, higher per capita income, and so forth, and paying more, that's all true. 
But the example I'm going to use this afternoon is uh, when I moved here back in 1981, uh, I was teaching at a little college in Boston. I moved here in 19. I doubled my salary, okay? Mm-hmm. Yep. Great. I doubled my salary. It cost me four times more to buy a house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so doubling, doubling the salary was great, but it's expensive to live in Alberta. Uh, because in a province where everybody's making more money, everything costs more. The, the, that everything gets, if you look, what the economists called capitalized into the cost of things. And uh, so it's misleading simply say, oh, look at this per capita income in Alberta. They're really doing well. Yeah, we, we, we have done well over the last 30 years, but it's an expensive place to live. Well, it is. I mean, obviously equalization is, is such a, a delicate issue, and... You know, we Alberta's been frustrated with it. I think for really going back decades. I mean, is is it realistic to think that there could be some meaningful change in the near future? Well, there won't be any change unless there's a, pri- a premier from Alberta, and in conjunction with, I would hope, the premiers of certainly of Saskatchewan and 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 British Columbia. Br- British Columbia gets the raw end of uh, the equalization deal as well. Uh, going back and saying, "Look, let 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 let's it, it's time to revisit this." And I think uh, what Kenny has committed himself to is having a referendum on this. And uh, because of a Supreme Court decision back a dec- well two decades ago now, uh, with the Quebec secession reference, the Supreme Court said if a province has a referendum on a constitutional issue and there's a clear question and a clear majority, then the federal government and the other provinces have a what they call a duty. They use the term duty to negotiate and negotiate in good faith. So does that guarantee any changes? No, but it, it, it would give it would give the Premier of Alberta and hopefully teamed up with the Premiers of BC and Saskatchewan and who knows, maybe maybe Ontario Lord knows what's happening in Ontario now. Oh, yeah. Uh to, to say it, it, it's time to revisit this and, and uh one of the reasons I'm a little uh stoked on the equalization issue right now is over christmas i i read there's a new book out uh university of toronto press uh you know one of the most prestigious presses in uh in canada it's called fiscal federalism and equalization policy in canada well i read it over christmas uh talk about a bad way to spend uh, christmas holidays reading about equalization <laughs> but i was hoping you know, it was written by a couple of economists a couple of political scientists and i was hoping it would kind of give me a point out the some of the advantages or benefits of equalization kind of give a different perspective than the one i've developed over the last 20 or 30 years both writing about it and then being in in, in government up in edmonton and in fact the book confirmed all of my worst suspicions (laughs) about equalization how it's become a completely politically driven uh basically kind of vote vote-buying operation. All right. Well, lots of interesting discussion to be had. Much more at policyschool.ca. Ted Morton, always appreciate the insight. Thanks so much for making some time for us here today. Okay, Rob. Good to spend some time with you. Bye-bye. All right, there you go. That's Ted Morton, uh, former Alberta cabinet minister and executive fellow now of the School of Public Policy at the University of Calgary, part of this expert panel that's uh, about to get underway at the uh, School of Public Policy at the UBC, talking about equalization. Uh, On the pipeline issue, I get an email from Fred says maybe you should ask Morton about how he feels about doing nothing about equalization or pipelines to Tidewater when he was in government. I I think there's a lot you can fault the former PC government for. I'm not sure if either of those would be on that list. I mean, both of those are federal jurisdiction. I'm not sure what we would expect an Alberta government to do on those issues, especially the issue of pipelines. I mean, the way it works is a company proposes a pipeline. Here's a pipeline we want to build. 
they go and ask the federal government for permission. I'm not sure where, where an Alberta government fits in in that equation. In either approving it or, or making it happen. Governments don't build pipelines. Governments don't propose pipelines. The federal government is there to say yes or no to pipelines. And on this one, they've said yes. So let's get it built. 974-8255 is a number. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.